Welcome to episode 208 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Adam, and Steph. So on this week's episode, we have decided to go back and take a look at Taylor's fashion evolution. When she started music, what she was wearing, how it influenced her music, and really go through album by album and and kind of predict what we think is going to happen for TS6. And this is a great topic, especially for Nate and Adam, because fashion is your favorite, and we've been missing it for so long. <laughs> we have been missing it for so long. It really is, you know? And I like to think it's really my forte, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> disclaimer for those who don't know, I'm terrible at fashion, but I can tell you what you are. I think Taylor's taught everybody a lot about fashion, and... It's fun to think about what the next era could bring, because Taylor mm -hmm. defines each era by her fashion, her hairstyle, just even her kind of songwriting trends, I think, also have a different style with each era. Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting to go back and, and look at, like, let's say, Country Taylor and, and see, I don't want to say how much of a different person she is, but uh, understand that uh, just her general mood at the time was different. And I just think it's really interesting to kind of analyze that. And especially, you know, now on basically the cusp of the next album, what we are going to see. Because for every era, I mean, tried and true, every time there has been a different feel or theme to it. So um, anyway, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. Me too. And anytime I think about this topic, I think of Taylor's quote. I'll never change, but I'll never be the same. And if you look at her throughout the eras, what Nate said is what made me think of that quote. She she is very, very different from Country Taylor, but she's still the same person, the same Taylor she's always been. And strangely enough, the week that we wanted to do this episode for Taylor's Fashion Evolution, uh, a somewhat uh, bizarre article came out today. Uh, I, I know that a lot of you probably have seen this because it's really making its rounds on, on social media, uh, was that Taylor was reportedly uh, shoved in a suitcase and being <laughs> carried out by, <laughs> by her bodyguards. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw this. Yeah, it's the most absurd thing. <laughs> I just can't even get over it. Even just the evolution of this article is hilarious. It started out with an article by Splash News, which I never actually heard of before, but they captioned this photo of, like Nate said, Taylor's bodyguards, or I don't know if they're exactly her bodyguards, but they were carrying this very large suitcase out of her apartment in New York, and they captioned this photo, Taylor Swift being transported in a huge suitcase from her Tribeca apartment into her truck. <laughs> that is so far-fetched first of all she wouldn't even fit in there she's really tall yeah i mean she's she's skinny like she's tiny in person you're like you're just in disbelief but i mean holy cow she could not fit in this thing what are they even thinking <laughs> i think it just points out how much everybody misses taylor and having any sort of news to go along with anything i don't know i i have a feeling that the writer is actually a diehard swifty and just wants something to talk about with taylor oh i definitely think so i saw a funny photoshop on twitter um where the 
person made the suitcase a little bit clear or see-through and Taylor was like poking her head through and like looking out of the suitcase. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That sounds hilarious. Well, Splash News ended up amending its description of the photo and it read Taylor Swift was reportedly being transported in a huge suitcase from her Tribeca apartment into her truck, which they didn't really change much with that caption. So this thing just spiraled out of control. And finally, <laughs> they ended up retracting the whole story. And a representative from Splash said, I just put the phone down with somebody from Taylor's camp. We're going to completely retract it. And they said... The report stated it as a fact, which we actually don't know. Of course they don't know. Of course they don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Craziness. I just want to know how this made it through just basic editing, you know? Uh, right. I don't know what Splash News is. I had never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I don't know. But this just blew up. It was <laughs> all over Google and social media. It's... I think it's like what Nate said. People were just desperate for any kind of Taylor news. Well, bizarre uh, Taylor Swift news stories aside, uh, we're going to go ahead and move into some of Taylor's older tweets. Our first one comes from July 14th, 2009. So eight years ago, Taylor wrote, I just laughed for five minutes straight when I saw Paramore dressed as little elves on the cover of Billboard. Gotta love Haley Williams. I don't remember this one. I'm a Paramore fan, too, and I still feel like, I don't know. What was this? I don't remember that either. I'm guessing it was a cover of Billboard magazine. I don't know. Maybe it was like a Christmas issue or, or something like that. I I feel like it's kind of strange for something in July. Christmas in July, maybe? Yeah, yeah maybe. Hey. <laughs> well, our next one is from July 13th of 2010, and Taylor tweeted... I like it when it's the 13th, which is something that has remained consistent throughout Taylor's whole life, and we'll get more into that a little bit later in the news. But one interesting thing that I learned about Taylor when I went to a show, I actually was lucky enough to go to the July 13th, 2013 Red show. It was at MetLife Stadium. And right after Taylor came out on stage... She said, today's the 13th, it's my favorite date of any month. And then she said, and you know what my favorite month of the whole year is? And she said it was July. So I, I never knew that. I never knew what her favorite month was. But at that show, that was what she said. Oh, really? That's interesting. I would have pegged her for December, obviously, for her birthday, for Christmas. Right, yeah. Especially because she's so into Christmas and fall. Um, I was surprised, but... I was happy with it. I love July, too. So that show was in her favorite month, on her favorite day, and maybe one of her favorite years because it ended in 13. Right. And it was the day Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy came out. So it was a pretty amazing show. I miss Taylor tweeting on the 13th. I remember she used to kind of like celebrate Swift Day almost, like every 13th you could almost expect something. Yeah. I miss that. Now she just does it with emojis, celebrating the number 13. <laughs> well, our next tweet comes from July 12th, 2011. Taylor tweeted, Searching for my glasses, a task that would be so much easier if only I had my glasses. <laughs> 
You know, this reminds me of a tweet we talked about a couple weeks ago for the 13-hour meet and greet. There was a tweet where she said she had to turn around to get her contacts so she could see everybody during the 13-hour meet and greet. And when we read that tweet, I was just saying, I wonder how bad her vision really is. Because for me, I couldn't even leave a house without having my contacts in. Oh, I'm the same way. It's dangerous. Absolutely. So then this tweet makes me think, here she she can't even find her glasses. So I just wonder how bad her vision really is and if it's gotten worse over the years. And I think we might have brought this up before, but we might have discussed if she's had it corrected or if she still wears contacts. I don't think we're sure. No. Right. Especially with nowadays LASIK eye surgery, a lot of people get it's done so frequently, they seem to have perfected it. That's a good interview question for her. Taylor, do you still wear glasses, contacts? <laughs> I'm actually really curious. I am too. I would bet that you got it corrected. That's just my feeling. I'd lean that way too. I'm with you. Especially when you're traveling so much and performing. I could see why she would want that. Imagine if she was in the middle of a show and a contact fell out, which sometimes happens to me, or if it got really dry or something. Right. Well, you guys mentioned Christmas in July a few minutes ago, and the next tweet is kind of related to that. On July 12th, 2014, Taylor wrote, Today I had the actual thought, time to start brainstorming what Christmas presents to get people. Then I realized I may have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this... Okay, bear with me. I wonder if this, because this was in 2014, if this had anything to do with Swiftmas. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking that. It could have. Mm. Taylor, I'm on to you. Yeah, she very well could have come up with that idea way back then. Because by then she was already throwing together her ideas for the secret sessions, so. Right. Mm. It's funny when you know what actually happens and can look back on things like this. That's why I miss her tweeting so much. I know. We miss you, Taylor. Well, this next one... Maybe one of my personal favorite tweets. On July 15th of 2014, Taylor tweeted, I will always remember today as the day I cooked dinner, rubbed my eyes, and then learned that jalapenos are nature's pepper spray. And nature's pepper (laughs) spray is in all caps. Ouch. So our next tweet comes from July 10th, 2015. And Taylor tweeted, quote, if you're lost, you can look and you'll find me. Heim after Heim. End quote. Hashtag Heim joins the 1989 world tour. Oh, come on, Nate. I thought you were going to sing that tweet. Oh, I'll sing it. <laughs> Don't make me sing it. But I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that tweet was so creative, I thought. It really is. I wonder if she actually jokes with Heim about, or she says this to them like on a regular basis. Could be. And I will always be convinced that Haim joined the 1989 World Tour specifically because in January of 2015, them and Taylor went on vacation to Hawaii, and I just assume they just had a wonderful time, and Taylor was like, you guys want to come on tour? And they're like, absolutely. I can see that too. Because at that time, it was only Shawn Mendes and Vance Joy. They were added well after the fact. Right, and they again, this shows 
they didn't join until July 10th. The tour had already been going on since May. Correct, correct. And yeah, they went on vacation in January, and then I think they were officially added. It was announced probably in March or thereabouts. I feel like pretty shortly after the vacation, yeah. Okay, maybe February, yeah. Well, speaking of the 1989 World Tour, our next tweet is from July 12th, 2015. I feel all the feelings now, and it tagged Nick Jonas. And the picture was a side-by-side of Taylor and Nick performing that night on the 1989 tour. And then the other picture was way back when Taylor performed with Nick on the Jonas Brothers movie. They performed Should Have Said No. And I feel like a bad fan, but I don't think I've ever seen that performance of Should Have Said No with the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I can say that I haven't either. I don't think I have either, but I I don't think it's because... I'm a bad Taylor fan. It's just I've never watched the Jonas Brothers movie. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I haven't either. I was just thinking maybe you can find that one performance on YouTube. I'll have to look now. Our next one is from July 13th of 2015. And Taylor tweeted, When your friend flies across the world to surprise your crowd with royals because she's a wondrous angel. And she tagged Lord and included a photo of her and Lord. And I was lucky enough to see this show too. So I was really, really excited because the July 13th thing, I saw her on July 13th for Red and 1989. So I'm crossing my fingers that if she's on tour next summer, there will be a July 13th date that I can go to. Yeah, you got to make it to that one. I have a really good feeling about uh, next tour if Taylor has special guests again, of course, as she's been doing, uh, that her and Lord are going to perform again. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. And you also, you have a good feeling that there will be a tour next summer, right? Oh, I have a great feeling about that. I do, too. Me, too. Some days I feel so desperate that I think it's just never going to happen, but I'm staying positive. Yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of like for my own sanity, there had better be a tour. So I'm just going to go ahead and accept that right now that there is a tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, our next tweet comes from July 14th of 2015, and Taylor tweeted, kind of an interesting tweet. She said, due to this sketchy weather situation in D.C., I'm not sure what time I'll be going on tonight. You might want to get here early. And Steph, you were at that show, right? Yeah, I actually was. I clearly had a problem. I was at so many shows for 1989. (laughs) Um, It was a good problem, but I went to both D.C. shows, and she did come out early. And it was really weird because it was still light out and she was already on stage and she did make a couple cuts on the set list, but she still gave a really, really great performance and the weather fortunately didn't affect anything at all. Actually, the night before on the 13th, she had this big issue with the propeller. When she went to do the B stage songs, the propeller would not move. I remember that. Didn't that happen a couple times throughout the tour? Um, I don't remember. I feel like one uh, particular, I don't know which show it was. It may have even been a red show, but one of the uh, catwalks would not lift. And so she ended up just doing the performance, um, just kind of improvising and, you know, not using the elevated catwalk. Was that red or was that 1989? Do you remember? It really, it may have been this DC show because she was just kind of stuck there for a while and just kept (laughs) the show going. And... I bring it up because the DC shows she had 
issues that she couldn't control come up at both, but she handled them with such grace and she was so professional about everything. As she does. I mean, hey, Taylor, she's been doing it for a long time. She knows what to do. Wasn't there that one time in Red where, I don't know if it was an issue with the stage, but something with the sound equipment went out and she said something like, I'll perform this whole show acoustically if I have to. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Didn't that happen? Okay. I don't remember exactly where, but, and I, I remember the crowd reaction being like, absolutely, let's just do an acoustic show. It would be so unique. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, another one, now that we're talking about it, I have to bring it up. Um, for Red Tour in Philly, uh, I went to both shows, and I believe it was the second night of Philly, where everybody was finally into their seats. Um, Ed even played his set. Um, and between when Ed and Taylor actually went on stage, it started to thunderstorm. And I mean thunderstorm. It was bad. And of course, uh, you know, Lincoln Financial Field is uh, not a covered stadium. And so they filed, it was like 60,000 people into the concourse and tried to wait for the rain to pass. And Taylor kept tweeting like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, like I want to play, uh, just hang in there, you know, all these things. Eventually the rain passed and everybody filed back out in the stadium. And, and the show actually ended up running until almost 1 a.m. It was insane. Yeah, I remember that story. That must have been really cool to be at, even though it was probably kind of scary. It's it's one of those things that I'm just going to remember for the rest of my life, having 60,000 people file, you know, into this concourse, just like squished together, basically. Well, and weren't you in the B stage, so you had to go back to get your spot? Oh, it was front pit, even, and uh, it was front left pit, I remember that, and uh, yeah, basically, and they, they let people out at different times back into the stadium, uh, because, you know, as uh, certain venue you know, people realize not everything goes according to plan. Uh, and so half of the venue is filing out while the other half is being, you know, held back. And so unfortunately for me, I was one of the people who was kind of held back, but uh, I eventually got my spot where I was originally in the pit. So that's good. I feel like that would have been my biggest worry because when you wait all day, you don't want to lose your spot. Oh, hundred percent. And I know I camped out at that show for like 10 hours too. <laughs> Anyway, just some cool stuff about, you know, Taylor's shows. Well, that's what we have for some of Taylor's older tweets. Uh, now we're going to be looking at what some of Taylor's friends are doing in squad tweets. We mentioned that Heim's new album was recently released, and Apple Music sent out a tweet the other day saying, quote, we have each other's back no matter what. And then it said, get ready for Heim's behind the album. Watch the film 714. July 14th, only on Apple Music. So that's pretty cool. They got a little behind-the-scenes documentary that I'll have to check out. Now, I haven't seen this, and it's probably amazing, but I so wish Taylor does something like this, too, so we can see exactly how Album 6 is being created. Right. We get little snippets here and there, like for 1989, uh, maybe a, an Instagram picture or a little short video. But to have a, a whole documentary about the creation of an album would be awesome. Yeah, this gives me a lot of hope, given that Taylor is supported by Apple Music. You never know. That would be awesome to have. Well, our next one is from Haley Steinfeld, and she tweeted, had the best morning ever. Thank you, Today Show. And so last week she appeared on the Today Show and 
gave her performance, so, very, which is actually what Ed also did two weeks ago. Right. Ed did the week before, and I did get a chance to see Haley's performance, and it was good. It was uh, a heavy rain downpour, but the fans were still there, and she still performed and had a good time. So our next bit of news comes from Gigi Hadid, and I'm sure you guys have seen because it kind of made its rounds on social media, but Gigi came out with a list of her 10 favorite Taylor songs, uh, and of course she did this for 73 Questions with Vogue, um, and so she said in no specific order, her favorite Taylor songs are Dear John, Stay, 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 Forever and Always, How You Get the Girl, Clean, This Love, Begin Again, Long Live, Tim McGraw, and she said, of course, Better Man. I feel like that's a really good mix from all the different eras. It really is. This is actually crazy how many of these, especially fan favorites that she picked. You know, the general public doesn't know about Stay, Stay, Stay. They don't know about How You Get the Girl. Uh, And she picked some really great ones. I mean, Long Live Alone. Fan favorite. Well, our last item is also not a tweet, but it's kind of cool related to Ed Sheeran. He has been in the United States touring for Divide, and he was recently at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and there was a news article by the Boston Globe where he mentioned that he spent a portion of Thursday hanging out with Taylor at her house in Rhode Island. So that was just Thursday, July 13th. That's cool. I'm glad that they get to hang out because I know they're good friends and Ed has been so busy lately. So to get a chance to relax at her house, I'm sure that was great. Now, I do have a question. Did did the Boston Globe report Ed as being carried in in a suitcase? (laughs) (laughs) No. No? Okay, just wondering. Hmm. And because this is the Boston Globe, I feel like it's pretty credible. Oh, absolutely. They even have some quotes from him where he said that he's never been to an American football game and he would really like to go someday. Well, it's always nice to see Ed and Taylor renewing their friendship. Definitely one of my favorite things about both of them is their friendship with each other. So that is all we have in the world of Taylor's friends. Now we are going to be moving into a little bit of Taylor news. Our first one's kind of cool because we haven't seen Taylor on social media in a very long time. And so on July 13th, Taylor posted to her Instagram, uh, almost kind of predictable. I'm not going to say it was or it wasn't, but uh, also promoting one of her friend's singles. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Selena Gomez. She just came out with her brand new single. It's called Fetish. And Taylor captioned her photo of the single cover, Sultry pop magic from this dreamy, almost birthday girl. And, of course, she used 13 emojis of clapping hands. Very Taylor-esque. Yeah, that was her first Instagram post since May 3rd, so it's been, like, over two months. That's crazy. And her last post on May 3rd was to promote Heim. So Taylor's just promoting all of her friends and leaving us in the dark. Hey, it's definitely working. I think people are really checking out all kinds of new music. 
That's true. Taylor does always lead us to great new music. Well, a few different people have been asked about Taylor lately in the media, and one of them was Dominic Sherwood, who Taylor cast for the style music video. And what he said about her is that she's really down to earth, nice, normal, and caring. And he also said that Taylor asked him via text message to appear in the style music video. And currently he is starring in a show called Shadow Hunters and said that Taylor helped get him his big break. I was surprised that she just texted him. It's kind of cool to learn that. But our next piece of news is also about another person talking about Taylor. Shania Twain was asked whether Taylor ever sought her advice. And she said, yes, but we won't talk about those things. We've run into each other a few times over the years. She's so talented and I admire her ability to write stories and music that communicate so well. And I'm sure that means so much to Taylor because she admires Shania Twain so much ever since she was a child. And one more person who talked about Taylor was Sean O'Pry, and he is the actor that was in the Blank Space music video. And he said that Taylor is incredibly genuine and sweet. And when asked if he has ever seen her perform live, he said yes, and that she puts on a heck of a show. And he walked the runway during style once, didn't he? I think he did. You're right. It'd be cool to see him in another music video. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I definitely would enjoy that. Well, our last piece of news is probably the most exciting. Scott Bruschetta, the head of Taylor's label Big Machine, was recently interviewed by E! News. And, of course, they asked him about Taylor. And he said, You can absolutely expect more Taylor Swift music. But you know what? One of the things we always do with Taylor is she is the broadcaster. When she is ready to tell her fans when she's coming back, she will do it. And then he also said, We have a rule and a saying at the label. The first rule of the Taylor Club is don't talk about Taylor Club. (laughs) As we've definitely come to find out. And I feel like Scott has said that quote before, hasn't he? I feel like he really may have. Or something similar to it. He's always very nebulous about anything new music regarding Taylor. And it is true that Taylor is the one who always announces new music. I thought this was really encouraging, though, because he said we can absolutely expect more music. Which, ah, I think we're all excited about. Yeah, we're. Just, it's just a matter of when. Yeah, going back to just Taylor being the announcer for her own music, uh, it's almost like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Every time she does it is awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I know before I said maybe she would just drop an album out of the blue but after we talked with brian mansfield and he just talked about how much she loves announcing the album and i know she does love it and she always comes up with new creative ways to do it so i hope that she continues to be as scott said the broadcaster well that is all the news that we have for this week and we will be right back with our main discussion So for this week's main discussion, we are going to be talking 
all about Taylor's fashion evolution. I'm talking, we're starting back in the cowboy boots, sundress days, and we are taking it all the way to 2017. As you guys may know, every single album that Taylor releases, she has a different theme, a different feel, a different fashion style that she's projected to kind of fit whatever the theme of the music is that she's putting out at the time. And so we thought it'd be fun, given that we are on the heels of TS6, uh, we it's got to be coming out soon, right? Uh, we think it'd be fun to try and guess and predict what Taylor is going to be wearing, the hairstyles she's going to have, the clothes she's going to be wearing, what is the feel of the next album. So before we do that, we obviously have to go back and talk about Taylor's old albums and old fashion styles and and really what she was wearing and, and subsequently feeling at the time. And we decided to group the debut album and Fearless together, mostly because they were very similar. Um, of course, there was no tour of her own during the debut album. The Fearless tour was her first tour for herself. But the very simple way to put the debut era and the Fearless era is sundress and cowboy boots. It was the classic country tailor look. Um, once in a while she would wear a cowboy hat. And then of course the hair was always the standard curly long blonde hair. And one thing I was thinking about when reading this was, was I the only one out of the three of us who saw Taylor during the debut era? No, I I saw her when she was touring with Brad Paisley as an opener. That's right. Okay, I couldn't remember. I didn't remember if that was you or Ashley. Which, by the way, I am insanely jealous of. Well, for me, I'll always be upset that I didn't get very good photos during that time. I was really far away, and I don't even remember everything that she played. You know, I love seeing those fan photos from that time period because digital cameras were not that great then. <laughs> and so they're always fuzzy or like kind of, you know, a little bit off kilter. Yeah, they always kind of crack me up. Yeah, they were not good. And the, the whole reason why I went to the show was only to see Taylor. So it, it's sad. But I think this is a classic country Taylor look. I think when we think of Fearless and the debut album, you think of the sundress and the cowboy boots, the curly hair. Absolutely. And I think it lined up well with the songs. Oh, sure it did. Well, of course, as you guys know, I mean, especially the debut album, such a country-heavy album. Uh, definitely Fearless as well, with a little bit more pop kind of notes to it. Uh, but I think for me, looking back, uh, I think a music video of hers that really illustrates this time period and what she was trying to project was Tim McGraw. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Absolutely. That was, for me, exactly what came to my mind. You think of that kind of southern twang, you know, uh, the cowboy boots, the of course the sundress, uh, her in this country setting. I mean, really, that's just what screams to me debut era. And of course the truck. The truck. How could you forget the truck? And then I think what became representative of the Fearless era, if I were if I were to pick a song, would be Love Story. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, of course, first of all, as one of her biggest songs of all time, absolutely. And secondly, even just kind of seeing the themes of the music video and even the, the tour performance, it, it kind of almost transitioned into uh, what we know as the Speak Now era. It, yeah, that's exactly what I think. 
I think Love Story shows the Fearless era, but it kind of foreshadowed the Speak Now era. For me, during this time, I also remember how Taylor was sponsored by LEI Jeans, and she also had a line of sundresses at Walmart. And I never bought either of those. Another Swifty regret. But I do remember, and I thought, even if you just look at how she was promoting herself and the company she was aligning herself with, they really worked well with her look at the time and her music at the time. Yeah, and another thing too, uh, as far as Taylor and her fashion during this era, is Taylor during award shows. I mean, the award shows so illustrate all of Taylor's fashion evolution. I mean, she would show up to things like the CMA Awards and uh, to the ACMs and, and all these things, essentially just wearing what she would have on stage, which I think is kind of funny. Sparkly dress, cowboy boots, you know, the usual kind of stuff. Right, whereas in later years it would transition into more fancy dresses, maybe? Fancy, sexy, that kind of Taylor stuff. Yeah, she really did just show up on the red carpets in sundresses, boots, her hair just not really even done, just normal. Always that long curly hair. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm always a fan of that. And even though she kept the long curly hair during the Speak Now era, I feel like she did change her look enough and the theme of her album was different. During the Speak Now era, it was a lot of whimsical themes, fairy tale kind of themes. The album was actually going to be called Enchanted, but at the last minute, Scott Bruschetta and Taylor talked about it and decided Speak Now would be better which I think was a great, great decision. But it still reflected the time. I think Enchanted really, for me, kind of defined the Speak Now era, if I were to pick one song. How about you guys? Yeah, that's a great choice. I wouldn't say Speak Now. One, because it wasn't a single or anything, but two... Enchanted was a perfect song to describe the Speak Now tour. Yeah, I think it really tied the era up. But another thing Taylor did a lot was she wore headbands and sometimes flowers. She didn't always wear her hair just completely down. Sometimes she would tie it up, especially on the red carpet for award shows. She would have it in a more of an updo, which I liked a lot. And... I think when she was talking once about her look during this time, she said that she acted like she was a fairy princess. <laughs> it's so true, though. I mean, just the headbands alone. I mean, uh, I remember specifically for the Speak Now live stream for the album announcement. I mean, you can go watch the video on YouTube. And she has that floral headband. And she actually used to sell them in her store, if you guys remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. And the headbands were, they were always flowery or really kind of girly because she kept headbands throughout other eras, but Speak Now really had very flowery and more just feminine headbands rather than during the Red Era, they were more uh, straight headbands, flat. It seemed to me that this era specifically really kind of 
dawned the evolution of Taylor's fashion. She she kind of left the you know that cowgirl style in the past and and really kind of started experimenting and moving forward with how she wanted to appear basically. Yeah, it seemed more mature. It did, yeah. I mean, at the time, I mean, she was like 19 and 20, basically. I mean, she was starting to, she was a young adult. She was starting to come into the world, truly. Uh, and she was learning a lot. And, and I think this era really reflects that. I always kind of thought that this era almost was very like, uh, kind of like hippie-esque. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Just all the flowers and the floral prints and, you know, the types of dresses and things she wore. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the tour reflected that um, with being barefoot a lot of the time. Oh, that's true. I totally forgot she would do that. Mm -hmm. She even did the VMA performance of Innocent Barefoot. And you also kind of got a vintage-y sort of feel. Just for me, when I'm thinking of the Innocent performance, it makes me think of vintage things. The way she had the stage set up with this old television screen. And it was like she was in a house. And then she just walked out on stage barefoot and sang the rest of the song. Well, you know, bringing up that barefoot thing, it totally reminded me of, obviously, the music video for Safe and Sound. Right, walking through the woods barefoot. Yeah, exactly. And I remember she filmed it in, like, February or something, and it was just so cold out. And, and if you look at the behind the scenes, you can see her, like, huddling in these blankets and, and things, just how cold she was. But I remember she was quoted as saying something along the lines of, I feel like being barefoot is a little bit more romantic, gives it more of a, uh, just, you know, like a... A more interesting feel to it rather than just of course wearing shoes but uh anyway i always found that really fascinating yeah and for me i th that makes me think of the time now this was during the red era but she had ed sheeran as a special guest and they did i see fire for the red tour and she was barefoot during that performance oh yeah oh, i totally forgot about that and i love that performance it was so great well, speaking of the Red Tour, if you guys remember, I mean, the Red Tour was such a drastic change from her style from the the previous eras. A lot of you will probably remember, uh, Taylor kind of experimented with this 1950s uh, style almost. Um, you know, she would wear those like vintage sunglasses and, and uh, red lipsticks, real deep red. That's when that was introduced. Um, just kind of like old prints on, on her clothes. Um, it really gave you a exactly a 1950s style feel. And she would comment on it a lot, saying she was infatuated with the era. So anyway, it just made for some really interesting style choices. As far as like the tour goes and, and just a lot of uh, just general everyday things, this is also the era that ushered in the high-waisted shorts, which Taylor has not dropped uh, at all. Yeah, for me, when I think of the Red Era, I think of... A lot of what you mentioned, Nate, red lips, high-waisted shorts, vintage feeling. And I also think of anthropology, because she wore a lot of anthropology dresses. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I remember when we'd be covering fashion every week, and literally anthropology was every single week. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I remember, this was, again, the VMA performance. For each new album, the VMA performance is always really important, because it's usually the first performance after she announces that she's going to have a new album. But when she performed We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together for the VMAs, 
she was performing We Were Never for the very first time and she had shorts. And I remember the media just took off with it. There were just articles everywhere. And Taylor heard about it and she was doing this interview. And I just remember her saying, guys, I'm wearing shorts. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I'm naked. I'm just wearing shorts is pretty much what she was saying. But it was, like Nate said, such a big change because I feel like the shift between the debut slash fearless and speak now eras was more subtle. It was definitely a more mature change. Even if you look at her sponsors for the speak now tour, she had cover girl. So she was becoming more mature, you know, with having makeup sponsors and things like that. But here for the red era, it was a much more drastic shift. And if you look at her sponsors during the Red Era, she had Keds, which also reminds me of vintage kind of things. Well, another thing that struck me, too, is um, Taylor would be seen uh, out at the beach or, you know, longboarding or, you know, she liked to do random things. Uh, But every bathing suit she wore, too, was such like 1950s style. It was almost like a full body suit, basically. So anyway, I always found that really interesting, too. I love those, though. And Taylor's choices always changed fashion those sort of bathing suits became really really popular and they still are after taylor started wearing them and the same with high-waisted shorts i always love to see how she defines each era because no matter what she does it always becomes really popular and i i think the red and the 1989 eras are the best examples of how what she does sets the trends all over the place. And we would be remiss to not mention, of course, the biggest thing about the Red Era, which, of course, was when Taylor straightened her hair. Uh, we lost the curls. We never saw them again, basically. Uh, and Taylor had, you know, just long, straight hair. I mean, you get the bangs, you get, it was, uh, I'd say, what, shoulder length, maybe? I think it was a little longer than that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, maybe even just a little bit longer than that. But still, uh, what a change from both Fearless and Speak Now, basically, into into Red Era. If I'm not mistaken, she cut it for Vogue, right? She did. And she did that in March of 2012, before the album was released in October. So for me, it's always really funny because she was still touring for Speak Now. And there are some Speak Now tour photos where she has the bangs oh yeah it's just funny to see her in the costumes and dresses that define the speak now era but with a different hair i remember those some of those pictures with her like in the sparks fly dress the gold dress right with the bangs Mm -hmm. it doesn't really match (laughs) yeah it's kind of like hmm that's why it's so genius that she does this oh absolutely she knows how to make everything match and the same thing actually happened in the 1989 era of course the huge thing for 1989 was taylor cut her hair and she did that in february when she was touring at the o2 arena in the united kingdom for red it was at the end of her performances but she still had additional tour dates for red so she cut her hair and then Later that summer, she I remember she was in Tokyo touring, and she had all the red costumes, 
and everything, but with the new hair. And again, it was just so different. Which, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think about this a lot. Which of Taylor's hairstyles is my favorite? And I think I've got to say, it might even edge out the curls. Uh, and and I got to go with 1989. I love the, the shortcut. I think I would have to agree. Yeah, I do too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those curls, I'll tell you what, they're awesome. Taylor, if you would bring them back one day, you would be my best friend all over again. <laughs> But I think the curls suited her youth, and now that she's so much more mature and... Yeah, that's a good way to put it. She's going to be 28. I don't think that the curls really fit the style of music. And that's, again, like, she's so smart to know all of this stuff. She just makes everything work so well together. Yeah, you're exactly right. The curls fit the country music style, and... They wouldn't fit as well in the 1989 era. Imagine, you know, the 1989 world tour with the fearless style hair. Wouldn't look right. No, because the 1989 era was about this huge transition for Taylor. She was officially documented pop. She was much more sleek and sophisticated and just mature. Again, she's going to be 28 years old. And even back then, she was still 24. Wow, that's crazy to think about. Well, either way, I mean, this era specifically, when I think 1989, I think crop tops. Absolutely. Yes, and New York. And New York, exactly right. Well, obviously New York. I mean, not only would she just be there on a a regular basis, but it almost seemed like her fashion uh, reflected that of the city. It did. And like I said earlier, I think 1989 really shows where she was setting the trends because when she introduced the crop top and skirt outfits and she started wearing them a lot, they just were in stores everywhere and it became such a popular trend. And another great example is the romper because Taylor started wearing rompers and They became huge, and they're still popular even today. And another thing, whenever we'd see Taylor out and about, she would almost always be wearing Ray-Bans. Yeah, sunglasses were huge for 1989. Even the promotional photos, she was wearing sunglasses, which she did that for Red, too. When I think of sunglasses, I think of Red in 1989. But it's interesting because it seemed like each era was just a very slow but progressive evolution of not only her style, but just musically. And what's really interesting, too, is when you think about her reinventing herself basically for every era, you got to think that that has to attract more fans and more listeners because they kind of forget about how Taylor was and they focus on this new person almost that they don't know, but is but is still such a huge name. I mean, looks are a lot for people. You have to understand that uh, the way that you're projecting yourself, especially to the public, you know, it's such a mega star that Taylor is. Uh, it's quite an interesting way to not only keep your fans, but get a lot more fans. Right, for longtime fans like us and people that have been around for a long time, it's going to be, for the new album, it's going to be a cool transition because we're going to 
not necessarily forget about 1989. Of course, we're still going to listen to 1989 songs and Red songs and Speak Now songs that we have on our iPhones or whatever. But it's going to be like starting new and what's this new music going to be like? What's the new dress going to be like? Um, it'll be like kind of like a fresh start and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember in an interview, Taylor said the reason why she does this is because in part because she likes to be able to look at photos of herself and know what she was doing at that time, what stage of her life she was in. So I'm sure even if her look might be a subtle change, I'm sure album six will have a different look for her. Well, yeah, on that note for album six, I mean, as far as what to expect for album six, I mean, this is just, we haven't seen her much, you know, we've seen her uh, a couple times in some random pap photos. And uh, of course we did see her once uh, in that video for Russell Westbrook. Um, and of course everybody is going nuts because Taylor's hairstyle, uh, short and curly, it's different people. It is. And I do love it. And she, when she was seen a few times out and about, even just going to the gym, she did have her hair more curly. I love it. So if that's going to be the look for this album, I'll be thrilled. Oh, me too, 100%. And what's really interesting to me too is because if you look back at both of her shows in Austin and Houston, uh, she wore very similar things. Uh, she had her hair uh, basically in the same classic 1989 look, you know, with dark lipstick and things like that. But, of course, with the Houston show being in February... February, March is around the time you change your look, basically, or she has changed her look for the albums. And then suddenly we have this video uh, of her with this curly short hair. I don't know. Yeah, and this next era, I think I'm even more unsure about it because, of course, last year she made her hair bleach blonde. And so when that happened, I thought for sure that was the next era. And I thought we were going to have an album in the fall of 2016, but we didn't. So that makes me a little bit more unsure about what the actual album six era will be like, but I think it's a good bet that it could be the short curly hair. And we still don't know what the album style or theme is going to be like. Um, we don't really know if it's going to be 100% pop or go back to a little bit of a country style, or will she go in more of a rock direction? So it's interesting to think about what the fashion choices will be related to the album theme. Well, you know, I've always uh, kind of pulled for her to have kind of like more of a rock edge to it for album six. And I feel like if she goes that route, and especially because, I don't know about you guys, but at least in my area, it's very popular. Uh, wearing like leather or leather jackets. I wonder if we would see kind of more of that, if that would, you know, project more of that kind of edgier, like let's say pop rock kind of album. That's the feeling that I get too. I feel like some uh, musical artists lately are wearing leather pants a lot. And I feel like Taylor maybe would do that. That could be. And if you again go back to when she bleached her hair last year, she was wearing more edgy kind of grungy outfits i would say yeah i'd say that grungy is a good way to put it and i i think i would like a rock pop kind of album feel i'm not sure if i want 
her to have a grungy look though. I kind of I love the New York look. She's just so classy. Well, I could totally see that going along with that grunge look, kind of going along with more of um, uh, like a if it tends towards like R and B pop kind of like if you think about I don't want to live forever mm-hmm. you know where she wears really dark kind of clothes and especially the dark lipsticks I could totally see that too yes that was another thing from last year she started wearing really dark lipsticks which was really an interesting change I mean you'd know about this more than I think probably both of us combined stuff but uh as far as lipsticks go I mean what was the trend last year just to wear darker kind of lipsticks or I don't think so. Okay. I think it was a tailored decision. All right. So she's a maverick. I get it. Yeah. Which I think could spur a trend for darker lipsticks. But it's tough because we have seen her so rarely throughout this whole year and it's already mid-July. And the few times we have seen her, it's hard to really define what her style is. Yeah, that's very true. And for all we know, I mean, she might even go back to uh, some of her country roots. And if that's the case, who knows? Maybe we'd see more of like a like a casual kind of, uh, you know, tailor, more jeans and T-shirts, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, during the Red Era, she wore a lot more pants than she usually does. Like tr- longer trousers, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I would call them trousers, but <laughs> just long pants. Well, when you say that, it reminds me of uh, Red Tour uh, for like the first half during the B-Stage performances. Instead of the red shorts that you would see um, for the last half of the Red Tour, she wore these long red pants, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Skinny jeans, I guess. Right. Yeah. Kind of like that, except not really denim, different kind of material. But yeah, I could see something more casual, especially because the very few times we've seen her this year, she has seemed to be pretty casual. Which would be really nice, I think. And before we've talked about if she did kind of a rock pop vibe, maybe she would change her hair color. But I really liked it the way it was in the video. I actually, for fun, yesterday was watching The Giver. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. If anybody's interested, it's on Netflix. But she had the dark hair in The Giver, and she's also had dark hair for wildest dreams oh yeah and i think she can pull anything off but i really like the color it is in the video for russell westbrook i just think that everybody's so used to her having some shade of blonde that she should keep it that way i agree i think the natural look is best for her always i did think it looked a little darker in that video for russell westbrook but it was hard to tell yeah, I kind of thought the same too, but I almost thought it was just the lighting as well, but I don't know. Exactly, that could have been it. I think we really just need to see her someday soon, hopefully. <laughs> right, she's been so mysterious for so long now. She would just stop hiding in these suitcases, you know, maybe we'd know <laughs> what she looks like. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, with her being holed up as basically a cat lady, who knows? Maybe she's just going to wear all cat apparel for next album. Who knows? Cat shoes, cat ears, the whole thing. See, that reminds me of the Red Era, though, because for 22, she did the cat ears. Yep. (laughs) And she also wore a lot of shoes that were cat related. Well, I was mostly kidding, but I mean, hey, who knows, right? (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, she does love cat apparel. 
Well, okay, final vote from you guys, because this, I think, by and far, is the most important part of each of Taylor's eras. Uh, votes on what you would like to see. Straight hair or curly hair, first of all? Curly. Straight. I'm going to go curly. All right, long or short? Short. 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 That's interesting. We're going to have to come back to this and see how right or, well, wrong that we were. I have one extra one. Bangs or no bangs? Ooh. No bangs. I'm going to say if it's short and curly, it, she's going to have to have bangs. Okay, see, I want short curly with no bangs. Okay. Hmm. Or like if she would like tie up her bangs uh, above her head. What that? What is that type of hairstyle called? Comb back? A comb over? I don't bang know. Bang comb? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she should have a comb over. <laughs> if that's no, it's mean. not a comb over. <laughs> okay, so when you have your bangs and they... You, okay, I'm going to describe this to you. When you have bangs and you comb them up and back, but tie them back with like a like a brett or something, like towards the back of your okay. head. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? When they're long enough to be held back. Yeah, basically. So okay. you can just hold back your bangs, but you can you can still see them there like styled up on the top. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know how good I am at this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a technical term for that, but she's sort of done that in the past, right? Even just 1989, sometimes she would have bangs during the era, and sometimes she wouldn't. Yeah, true. Which sometimes could be confusing if you see photos. Sometimes she does have, it looks like just straight bangs, like the red era, but with her short hair. And other times, she doesn't really have bangs at all. They just go off on the side. Yeah, I totally agree. And hey, who knows? Whatever Taylor ends up doing next era, I absolutely am going to stand 100% by but who knows? It'll be very interesting to see what she comes up with. And I'm sure that whatever she comes up with will definitely match the music of this next era, which makes me even more excited to know what she's wearing and what her hair looks like right now. I'm excited. Album six. So anytime you want to come out of hiding, Taylor. Heck yeah, that's right. Well, as always, to our listeners, thank you for listening to our show. Uh, if you enjoyed what we had to say, please subscribe to us on iTunes, and it will download our latest episode for you automatically. Also, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes, and what that does is helps other people find our show easier, so please, please do that. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on basically every form of social media under SwiftCast13, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us at swiftcast13show at gmail.com, or you can find all of those things and our episodes on swiftcast13.com. So for episode 208, this has been Nate, Adam, and Steph. We will see you next week, guys. See ya. Thanks, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. 